We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings in the Prophet, peace be upon him. Continuing Imam al-Ghazali's Kitab Riyadat Nafs, Disciplining the Soul, we are on chapter 4. In the Sharif edition, it is page 100. In the winter edition, it is page 31. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the exposition of the way of attaining good character. You have come to know that goodness of character proceeds from an equilibrium in the rational faculty brought about through sound wisdom, and in the irascible and appetitive faculties through the submission of the intellect and the law. Okay. So, right there from the start, we're getting a sense of how how he's presenting human nature. A big part of being upright is being balanced inside Mm -hmm. on things that need to be balanced. And there's other things where it's a matter of subduing, like taking control of things like your anger and such. This equilibrium comes about in two ways. One of these is is through divine grace and completeness of innate disposition, um, whereby a man is born and created with a sound intellect and a good character and is preserved from the powers of desire and anger, which are created in him moderate and submissive to the intellect and the law. Thus, he has become learned without an instructor and disciplined without being subjected to any discipline in the manner of Jesus, the son of Mary, and John, the son of Zacharias, and all other prophets. May the blessings of God be upon them all. Yet, it is not um, to be deemed improbable that certain things should exist in a man's nature and disposition, which can be obtained through acquisition. Some children are created truthful, generous, and courageous, while in other, the opposite characteristics have been set, so that in, in this case, good qualities can only be acquired through habituation and associating with those who possess them, and also through education. Okay. So, one way we're saying of having these, these qualities is that you're just born with it, mm-hmm. right? Which then makes the point for us that you can be someone with no religion and still have good character. I mean, that's one of those uh, uh, often debated questions. You know, does do you need religion to have good character? Do you need religion to have morality? And we're saying no, right? Nevertheless, the other way. Yes, the second is the acquisition of these char- these traits of character by means of spiritual struggle and exercise. By this, I mean the constraining of the soul to perform the actions. <coughs> which necessarily proceed from the trait desired. For example, a man who wishes to acquire the quality of generosity must oblige himself to do generous things, that is, to give of what he owns and must continue in that wise, affecting this thing and struggling with his soul until his nature conforms to it and it becomes easy, at which point he will have become a generous man. Okay, so what's one way to develop a good quality? He's saying... By practicing it. By just making yourself do it over and over and over and over again. Then it becomes your nature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Similarly, in the case of the man dominated by arrogance who wishes to inoculate, inculcate. <laughs> man, by the right, terms. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, who wishes to inculcate in his soul the quality of modesty. He should persist for a lengthy period in the imitating in imitating the behavior of the modest and struggling against his soul until such behavior becomes one of his traits and part of his nature, at which time it will come easily. Mm-hmm. So same thing. If I want to start becoming modest and humble, 
I should act like I'm modest and humble. So fake it till you make it. Every one of the qualities which the law deems praiseworthy is acquired by these means, the end point of which is that the act should be pleasurable. For the generous man is he... For the generous man is he that takes pleasure in giving money, not he who gives it reluctantly. And in the same way, the modest man is he who finds modesty delightful. Mm -hmm. So the other key point is that this becomes you when you find joy in it. Mm -hmm. right? So it's one thing to have good character. Mm -hmm. It's something different to have joy in having good character, in having pleasure in having good character. That's the level you want to get to. The religious traits of character cannot take firm root in the soul until it has grown accustomed to every good habit, renounced every evil one, and preserved in this, preserved in this, in the wise of what? Hmm? What? Okay. And, oh, persevered. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Much <laughs> Allah. Um, okay. I've been out of school a lot, you know? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and persevered it in... Let's start from the beginning of that Okay. Um, the religious traits of character cannot take firm root in the soul until it has grown accustomed to every good habit, renounced every evil one, and persevered in this in the wise of one who feels a love for and takes pleasure in beautiful deeds and loathes and is hurt by ugly ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's different about religious behaviors is that you have, it's not going to get stuck within you unless you do all of them mm. and you stay away from haram, okay, mm. and you do this regularly, okay, uh, then, um, then you can start developing the religious as uh, aspects. If you're doing this one religious aspect, it's not going to last. Mm. As God's emissary, may God bless him and grant him peace, said. Prayer has been made my delight. As long as worship and renunciation of forbidden things are felt to be unpleasant and burdensome, their performance will be defective and cannot bring one to full felicity. Mm -hmm. so, so what are we saying? You know, just like the fake it till you make it issue, mm -hmm. when you see or hear something bad, think of it as horrible. Think of it the way you would think of sewage. Okay, so if someone, if you think of someone, uh, if you hear of someone drinking alcohol, mm -hmm. imagine it, you know, the way you think of something gross, like someone drinking urine, mm -hmm. right? If you think of someone, uh, if you hear someone backbiting or gossiping, think of like what the ayah says, eating the flesh of your dead brother. That might be too hard to imagine, so imagine you're eating sewage, mm -hmm. okay? Eating the flesh of your dead brother is even worse, mm -hmm. so, I mean... Anytime you hear gossip, imagine someone is giving you sewage, mm -hmm. right? And so the point is you want to train yourself to find bad behaviors repulsive and good behaviors appealing. Mm -hmm. Certainly to struggle to persevere with them is a good thing, but only in comparison with abandoning them, not in comparison with doing them willingly. It is in this context that God, exalted is he, has said, Seek help in, per in perseverance and in prayer. Truly, it is ha hard save for the humble-minded. Mm -hmm. So, work on developing uh, uh, sabr and salah. That can help you develop the other things. Mm -hmm. So, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, you know, salah has become a pleasure of my eye. Mm 
So even think about it, when you see someone praying, try to find that a source of pleasure. The way, whatever it is you like to look at, whether it's a nice tree or a beautiful sky, think of, of, of the way you would get pleasure or try to get pleasure in seeing people pray. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, try to make your prayers. Uh, it'll make it uh, it'll make it easier for you to do the other things. And his emissary, may God bless him and grant him peace, said, "Worship God with pleasure, and if you cannot, then with perseverance. For perseverance in something which you dislike contains much good. Mm-hmm. Neither it is sufficient to obtain the felicity con- consequent upon good character." Um, that obedience to God should be found delightful and disobedience unpleasant at some times and not others. Rather, this should be constant and remain with one throughout one's mm-hmm. life. That's, I think, straightforward. You should always find disobedience to be repulsive, and you should always find obedience to be uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the longer a man's life extends, the more solid and complete will be his virtue. Mm-hmm. So that's a question I always ask in every chutbah, right? Like, can you compare what you're like uh, this year versus last year, right? Mm-hmm. So it should be over the course of your life that your character is actually getting stronger and stronger, right? Your actions should be getting better and better. So if you're getting temp- uh, tempted by, you know, like the bad deeds that you should, um, or bad, like, qualities that you should find repulsive, is it just like, like, keep conditioning them in your head with that, like, repulsiveness. Yeah. Shaitan's still going to try to tempt you, mm-hmm. right? You still have your biology. You still have your, your upbringing. So there's going to be some things that are going to tempt you for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And so you should still try to override those with a'udhu billah, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but still you'll have your physical appetites and stuff and keep, like, re-re-re-establishing, you know, Joy in the good and repulsion in the bad. And sometimes that is a battle within yourself, like when temptation is getting really high. Um, This is why the Prophet, may God bless him and grant him peace, replied when asked about felicity. It is a long life in the obedience of God. This is also why the prophets and the saints dislike death. For this world is the sowing ground for the next. Okay, think about that. They didn't like death. You know, a lot of times we frame things as though, you know, we want to die and just get out of here. And no, they didn't like death. Because what you're doing in this world is setting up your hereafter. So the better prayer is, you know, Ya Allah, please give me a long life as long as it's better for me. Right? Um, um, and so, so the point is that everything I'm doing right now is, is what, did, what was the word used? Sowing ground. Yeah, it's the sowing ground for what is going to happen on the other side. This translation says, is the farm of, of the next side. So, yeah. The more acts of worship one performs through living a long life, the greater will be the reward, the purer and clearer the soul, and the stronger and more deeply rooted the good traits of character. Mm-hmm. For the sole purpose of acts of worship is to influence the heart, and this influence will only grow stronger when they are persistently repeated. Okay, so... So, I mean, there's an assumed point here that is assumed in the previous paragraph that this, uh, the sole purpose of, of, of acts of worship is obedience of Allah, mm-hmm. right? But the sole benefit mm-hmm. is on my, my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And thus, I have to keep doing it. And so think about how important it is. If I have to pray five times a day, you know, think about how vulnerable my heart is if I have to pray that often mm-hmm. to keep my heart, you know, clean. 
or how easy it is for my heart to get rusty or dirty, you know, if I have to pray five times a day, you know. The purpose of such traits of character is to cut the love of this, uh, okay, I'm going to start off. Yeah. <laughs> the purpose of the, um, such traits of character is to cut the love of this world away from the soul and to set firmly therein the love of God, exalted is he, mm -hmm. so that one would love nothing so much as the meeting with him. Such a man will then employ his wealth only in ways which will bring him to him. Likewise, with his anger and desire, since these will be under his command and weighed up in the scales of the intellect and the law, so that he is contented and happy with them. It is wrong to deem it unlikely that one's delight might be in prayer and that one's worship might be delectable, for everyday life draws even more wondrous things from the soul. We see kings and the voluptuous rich, rich in constant misery and the bankrupt gambler so overcome with delight and joy during his gambling that one might well discount the possibility of man's gaining any pleasure without this practice, even after it had taken away his wealth, ruined his home, and left him quite pen penniless. Um, for he will still love and enjoy it by reasons of his soul's long familiarity with it. Mm -hmm. Similarly, with the man whose hobby is pigeons, mm -hmm. who may stand all day in the hot sun without feeling any pain due to the pleasure he takes in his birds and his movements, flights, and soaring around in the sky. Okay. So what are we saying here? What I want to develop in myself is the sense that the thing that is most dear to me is meeting Allah Ta'ala. Intellectually, that's easy to understand, but I want to put that in my heart that more than anything else, I want to meet Allah Ta'ala. Mm -hmm. yeah. So think of all the wonderful things in this world, or all the things in this world that might give me joy. So there's the example of the guy who loves to take care of his birds, even though he might be in the, in the scorching heat, he doesn't even notice because he's having so much pleasure, right? Uh, or the person who's gambling, who's going mm -hmm. broke, but is having so much pleasure. I mean, it's probably a rush of dopamine and, and, and through this process of gambling, even though he's destroying his wealth, mm -hmm. you know, or kings and such. Um, and it says, it says, you know, many of the kings and those who live in luxury might be seen in perpetual sadness while the gambler might have so much wealth, right? And so the question for me to evaluate is, what are the things in my world that, you know, I look forward to doing? Those are the things that give me pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I look forward to watching movies, mm -hmm. right? Um, whatever else. I look forward to time with my daughters. You know? And what I want to get to is the way I look forward to these things, I look forward to meeting Allah Ta'ala. Okay? And then if I am looking forward to something, then I am organizing my life to get me there. So, like, if I look forward to watching movies, even, like, for this week, I'm looking at, okay, what time slot can I watch a movie? So I'm literally doing that in terms of my, my schedule, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then, uh, but if my goal is, my desire is to meet Allah Ta'ala, then that's how I'm going to organize my, my day, my effort, my time, and such, right? And so that's a higher level to try to get to, where you have pleasure in seeing Allah. Um, and there is a sly criminal who boasts of the, bol the 
blows and stabs he receives, and of his steadfastness under the whip, and who goes up to the cross or the gib gibbet, bragging about his endurance of these punishments, mm -hmm. considering this to be a source of pride. He may be torn limb from limb in an attempt to make him confess to his crime, or to the committed, or to that committed by another man with his knowledge, and persevere in his denial, and pay no heed to the punishments because of his joy of what he considers to be his courage and virility. Mm -hmm. Despite the torment provided by his circumstances, he is delighted by them and finds them a source of pride. Mm -hmm. So that could be another person, a person who is so so uh, corrupted that you know, the person actually gets pleasure by committing crime and then, you know, you know, standing in defiance against whatever punishment, physical punishment he gets. <coughs> As though it's like conflict-seeking behavior. Mm. And that's what this person gets uh, pleasure from. And I wonder if the neurology of the gambler mm -hmm. or the guy with the birds and this type of criminal might be, might be the same, you know, in terms of how it plays out when they're in that moment of joy. Even with the guy with the birds. Yeah. I mean, the guy with the birds just, he seems to really like that example. <laughs> I mean, the guy with the birds who's basically, he's in his joy, mm -hmm. right? Forgetting everything else. Now, this wicked person, um, the one thing that might be different is for them, it's, it's conflict-seeking, so they want to see themselves outlast the next person. Mm. Right? So that might be one difference. So they have competitiveness, but it's gone the wrong way. And there's no condition more ugly and despicable than that of an effeminate man mm. who imitates women by plucking out his hair, tattooing his face, and keeping their company, so that you see him rejoicing in his state and boasting of the perfection of his effeminacy to other such men. Mm -hmm. Even the cuppers and the sweepers can be seen boasting to one another just as much as the kings and scholars. All of this is the result of habits and persisting in one's course for a long period and seeing the same thing in one's acquaintances. Okay. So this is different than someone we today identify as transgender or intersex. Mm -hmm. um, but it is saying, he is speaking from a character perspective, saying the, that a man who is trying to imitate women, he is saying there's something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Right? In our contemporary liberal era, this would be very, very offensive. Mm -hmm. Right? But this is what he's arguing. Mm -hmm. And the bigger point he's making is that this is also, you know, this person is getting pleasure in doing this. Just like the previous person is getting pleasure in getting punished. And both of these are not, are not healthy. I mean, the gambler is obviously not healthy either. Mm -hmm. you know? Since the soul commonly takes pleasure even in vain things and inclines towards ugliness... How could it not take pleasure in the truth were it to be restored to it for a while and made to persevere therein? The soul's inclination to these disgusting things is unnatural and resembles an inclination to the eating of mud. Yet even this may gain control over some people and become a habit. Mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? It's like eating mud. It's like you're, you're not satisfied, so you're just going to keep trying to find satisfaction even if it means you're just eating mud. Mm -hmm. yeah. As for the inclination to wisdom and the love, not the love, knowledge, and worship of God, this resembles the inclination towards food and drink. It is the expression of the heart's nature and is a divine command, while an inclination to the demands of one's desires is in itself something strange and is not part of its nature. 
The heart's food is wisdom, knowledge, and the love of God. Exalted is he. And it only diverges from these demands if its nature these demands of its nature when afflicted by some disease, such as the stomach may be afflicted by an illness which prevents it from desiring the food and the drink which gives it life. Thus every man's heart which inclines to anything but the love of God, exalted is he, is afflicted by a disease in proportions to the to this inclination, unless he loves a thing because it helps him to love God and to practice his religion, which is not the symptoms of an illness. So then what are we saying here that how much I love something more than I love Allah is how sick I am. Yeah. That's the measurement of how sick I am. Whether it's you know, me wanting to be with my daughters or me wanting to do some of these other behaviors, however much I want that more than I want the pleasure of Allah or however I want that more than meeting Allah is telling you how sick I am. So someone who does not want to meet Allah is someone in very bad shape. Or someone who just doesn't care mm -hmm. is in very bad shape, right? And so, again, what is one way to develop it? Just start even, you know, training yourself to think of it as something pleasurable. So think of whatever it is you find pleasurable, and then think of this as at least as pleasurable, although you want to bring it to the point where it's, it's so pleasurable nothing else even compares. Yeah. Are you on time? Yeah. I'm sorry? Should we end here? Yeah, that's fine. So we'll end uh, on the Sharif edition on page 103, and then on the uh, winter edition, page 35. All right, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu illa ilaha illa anta,